It's good to be here with you at Eastside, and I just want to say for just a moment, uh, as we were praying there at the end, uh, that spoke to my heart. I've got a close family member, um, a sister that's dealing with some things, um, you know, we think about just some challenges of life, and that just touched me and know how we're ministering to her and going through some things. We all have a bunch of stuff we're dealing with, right? And, um, you know, we just need to continue to give that over the Lord, have hope and see the light. And uh, that was an encouragement. Thank you for sharing that. It's great to be here. Man, what a what a great time. I, I, I need to update the website. I think it's like 200 churches now, man. We need to update that stuff. I'm on the road twice a month, been doing that for five years. And so it has been... It's been uh, wide open for me, traveling north of South Carolina. I even got down to Alabama. Had me down to come to Sweet Home, Alabama uh, several years ago and preached down there. But uh, so excited about what God is doing through Christian Adoption Services. Uh, literally, our, our main office is like 15 minutes from here, all right? And so we have five offices across the state of North and South Carolina. And God's doing some amazing work through adoption, and I appreciate Pastor Alex having me. I met Pastor Alex a couple of years ago, actually at a charity golf event for Christian Adoption Services, and uh, i tell you a little secret about Pastor Alex. I, I, I give him a little credit on this. He, is, he, he falls in the number one category in this, this, uh, this particular uh, category, I guess, and it is I played a golf with a lot of pastors, and I've seen a lot of pastors play golf you have the number one golf playing pastor, the lowest score I've ever seen here at Eastside. He's amazing. He's amazing. And, uh, man, if he plays in our tournament, I can go ahead and hand him first prize. All right? I know it's, I know it's happening. He sent Pastor Brandon this pastime, and he didn't live up to that standard. All right? He didn't win. He didn't bring on the, the, the trophy this year. All right? And so, but he was good. You did good. But, but it, I know he did. He, he's going to be following me, so I got to be careful here in a moment. But uh, again, it's such a privilege to be here um, at Eastside. And uh, man, what an encouragement. I preach in a lot of churches, guys, I'm telling you. And, you know, some churches are just a little more laid back. How about that? This one, man, I was just so excited to worship with you. Uh, during these first uh, few minutes and just to have that time together and the Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place and uh, I'm excited to share the message God's laid on my heart today and, and we're talking about adoption as we talk about adoption and really I want to say this up front just go ahead and kind of give the big reveal you know that when we talk about adoption the gospel is a great picture of adoption right and, and really at the end of the day some of us have have experience in adoption some of us know family members and friends that have adopted but when we look at the gospel and understand what the bible says about adoption every one of us if we're a christ follower every one of us have been adopted right god's our father we're his children we've been adopted and so because we've been adopted by god whether we physically adopt a child or not we have a role to play when it comes to adoption because we've been adopted by god i have three biological children my wife and i've never adopted but we have a role to play when it comes to this big issue and it's a big issue by the way um, in our world with about 165 million orphans worldwide we have a, we have a role to play and i believe the church is the answer god's people are the answer so i want to encourage you in our word today um, exodus chapter 2 you've probably seen this scripture before go ahead and turn there exodus chapter 2 we're going to look at 10 verses this morning and talk about the power of adoption the power 
of adoption. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. You're gonna, when you get there, you're going to see this. Is, we're talking about Moses' birth, right? We've probably heard about Moses. We've seen Moses. We understand how God used Moses in a tremendous way in the nation of Israel. But what we're going to read today, I believe, in my study of Scripture, is the very first adoption recorded in human history. The very first adoption recorded in human history. Now, as we pick up in Exodus chapter 2 and we think about the power of adoption, let me give you a 60-second uh, review. You know, uh, I went to seminary, had a bunch of classes I had to take. I'm going to give you Old Testament 101 in 60 seconds of what led up to this point. All right, y'all hang with me for a second. So basically, if you, we'll start with the 12 tribes of Israel. Jacob had 12 sons. The 11th son was Joseph. The brothers weren't happy with Joseph. He, you know, had, a, had that coat of many colors. They were going to kill him. They didn't. They sold him into slavery. He was sold into slavery, went down toward Egypt, got into Potiphar's home, was accused falsely of adultery there with Potiphar's wife, was thrown into jail, was in jail, met a lot of different folks while he was in jail. Uh, he interpreted some dreams while he was there. One remembered him that was in the, in, 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 uh, the Pharaoh's uh, cabinet, I guess, in uh, leadership. And when Pharaoh had a dream and no one could interpret it, the guy stood up and said, you know what, I know someone, he's in jail. They brought him out. He interpreted the dream. And then the dream was this. If you remember, the dream was about uh, seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. All right. And so he said, all right, you can interpret this dream. I'm putting you like second in charge and let's let's go after this. And if this dream is going to come come to be. And so Joseph led this, uh, uh, I guess, what uh, when we think about the the food and all the things that he had to store, the grain did that for seven years. And guess what happened after the seven years of plenty? The seven years of famine did come, as God said. Well, that famine didn't just affect Egypt. It affected the whole region. Guess who else it affected? It affected a little small family, right, nation of Israel at that time, uh, the 11 brothers and Jacob and his family. And so they ended up, because of the famine, having to come to, to Egypt. And when they came to Egypt, they, you know, there's a long story there of how Joseph showed grace and love in the midst of what happened when they did not recognize him. Um, but they were protected, and ultimately the family, all of Israel, moved down to Egypt, and that restoration of the family was there. And then Joseph passed away, and all, you know, all the folks have passed away over the years. And then the nation of Israel stayed in Egypt. And fast forward a couple of hundred years, you've got a lot of people, right? A lot of, a lot of the uh, Israelite folks are there. The nation of Israel is there. You have different leadership in place, long gone past Joseph and the Pharaoh that was very favorable to him. And then we pick up in Exodus 1 where this Pharaoh feels threatened by the sheer numbers of the folks uh, in Israel and then puts this sad uh, law into place to kill the firstborn sons of Israel. And so that's your 60-second, maybe 90-second review there of what was going on. Let's pick up in Exodus chapter 2 in this, in this state of what was happening there. Read 10 verses, and we'll come back and share three quick truths with you today as we think about the power of adoption. The Bible says, And a man of the house of Levi went and took his wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Verse 5, Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. 
Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew uh, women that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the, so the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. Verse 10. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Three truths, you'll see these on the screen. You can follow along. Number one, as we think about this theme of the power of adoption, we see in verses one through three the power of sacrifice. Now you can't imagine what Moses' parents were put under tremendous pressure, right, in a situation. This law had been out there. There were the firstborn male sons were being killed, sadly. And so Moses' parents, you know, could hide him for three months but they realized that they could not hide him any longer and so they came up with this plan because if Moses the little baby Moses would have been found what would have happened to him they would have killed him and so they came up with this plan that had to be very difficult you think about that as parents realizing that the only hope the only chance that your child had would be to come up with this plan and, and basically to, 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 to give this child hope and, and to another family was the only way. And so we see the power of sacrifice here in verses 1 through 3 when they came up with this plan and they put the little baby in the ark and pushed it down the river's bank. Man, that had to be tough. That have to be hard. Now think about our moms that we work with today. We work with, you know, in an average year, we're working with about 200 expectant moms across North and South Carolina. They could be six weeks pregnant. They could be all the way, you know, nine weeks, nine months pregnant at the hospital. And and to realize that, and not all of them place, obviously, but as 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 some of these moms do realize that they cannot parent, they're not in a position to parent. But to realize that they want a better life for their child than they can give them at the moment and to choose adoption, to choose, choose a two-parent Christian family through Christian adoption services, what a sacrifice. I think about our moms, they're heroes when they make this decision. And so you, you can see a lot of uh, similarity there in just the situations when you realize you're, you're up against a wall. And Moses' parents were up against a big wall here, but they, they cared for their child and they wanted their, their child to have a chance at life and give him hope the power of sacrifice when we see in verses four through five we pick up and we see not only the power of sacrifice but we see the power of god look at back at verses four through five it it tells us that uh, his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him and then in verse five it says the daughter of pharaoh came down to bathe at the river and her maidens walked along the riverside and when she saw the ark among the reeds she sent her maid to get it the power of god you see i don't believe in luck I don't believe in chance. I believe in the divine providence of God. Now, some of us, we've been in the wrong place at the right time, but it's good when you're in the right place at the right time, right? God guided that little ark right where it needed to be at the exact right time, knowing the exact right folks were going to be there because you see, here's the thing when, when it comes to our lives. We only see what's right in front of us. God sees the whole deal. He sees the whole picture. And so God had a plan to put in place, and it, it took execution of faith by several folks along the way, right? And again, the Egyptian princess that we're going to meet here in just a moment, she didn't know the one true God, but God used her in a tremendous way to make a difference in a child's life that God was going to use in a tremendous way to make a difference for the nation of Israel and for the world. And so we see the power of God. Now, again, I know we're in 21st century church culture, and there's a lot of things, you know, we look at our lives today 
today and, and what we experience. But I really believe, when you think about the power of God, God's power, a lot of times I think in, in, in our culture and Christianity today, we will look at the Old Testament and we'll see the miracles of God, right? And there are a lot of miracles. We flip over the gospel and we see the miracles of Jesus, right? And I think in our minds, sometimes in our modern-day culture and world we live in, we, we kind of relegate that to that time period, and God is not working in the same way that he worked then. And I would disagree with you. Just because it doesn't get the headlines, right, out there in our news media, God is working. God is all-powerful. He hasn't changed from when, when we go back to Genesis to Revelation. He's not changed one bit. He is the same one true God, and he's at powerful at work in our lives. We've got to recognize it. And again, we see here that he guided that ark, the power of God, out of that ark right where it needed to be at the exact right time to, for, for that baby to be found by the exact right folks. And so I'm thankful for the power of God in our lives, and we need to recognize that and not be blinded by the things of the world and see the power of God at work in our own lives. Now, we go to verses 6 through 10. As we think about the power of adoption, we see the power of sacrifice from Moses' parents. We see the power of God of guiding that little baby where, it needed, where he needed to be at the exact right time. But then in verses 6 through 10, and this gets a little convicting, so hang on here, okay? We're going to see the power of care and compassion. The power of care and compassion. If you pick up in verse 6, you see when she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the baby wept. Now, let me stop there for just a second. I'm not sure that, you know, God's in all the details, right? But I'm going to tell you this. I'm, I won't go so far to say that God made this happen, but I can tell you that baby cried at the exact right time, all right? I mean, because it said the baby wept because here's what happened. The baby wept, so, and then what's the next, what does it say? So she had compassion on him. Now, let's back up a second. Egyptian princess, right? Pagan worshiping of major pagan gods, a lot of gods in the Egyptian culture of that day. But it said, even though she did not know and worship the one true God, God used a baby boy that was in need to bring her to what? To compassion, right? And then compassion led to action. Now, that's convicting for all of us today because here's the deal. We have the truth of God. We have the word of God. Many of us know Christ. We have Christ in our lives. But yet, we, don't, we aren't moved to action, right? We may hear a sermon or hear something that's going on and be like, you know what? I need to get involved with that. I need to help with that. I need to pray about that. But yet, we're not moved to action. The actions of the Egyptian princess, when she didn't have divine truth, right? She didn't worship the one true God, but yet God still moved her to action and, and made a difference in a child's life. For us who have the truth, who love Jesus, right? What does that say about us? If God can use an Egyptian princess to make a difference in a child's life in a time of need, what does that say about us as God's people? Now, again, not everyone's called to adopt. This is not the message where everybody's like, uh-oh, does that mean he's saying? No, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. We've not adopted. Kim and I have not adopted. But we're called to be involved and to make a difference in someone's life. Now, for some here at Eastside, God may be calling you to say, you know what? I've been calling you to adopt for a long time, and you've just said no. You were scared about what's going on. But God may be calling you to say, you know what? I want to make a difference. I want to jump into the fostering side, maybe not even adopt, but just to help a child in need right here in Mecklenburg County, Union County, all the counties around us. God may be calling you to be involved with that. Or it could be that God may be calling you to say, you know what? I don't need to make a difference in a child's life internationally or, or a baby right here in North or South Carolina. Who knows? We've just got to be obedient to God. But you see that power of care and compassion. 
when we allow God to touch our hearts and, 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 and burden us with a need, right, then we have the opportunity to say, okay, Lord, there's a need there. What do you want me to do? We need to be obedient to what that follow-up is and whatever, wherever that were to take us. And a lot of times I think in our lives, you know, I, I'm a pa- pastor's kid. Uh, as Brandon mentioned, I was 22 years as a pastor, 10 years as a senior pastor. And I've seen church world kind of moved through you know when I when I became ordained back in the in the mid 90s and I think a lot of us we hear truth but we don't apply it meaning we hear it and we know we should do it but we leave here Sunday after Sunday and we don't it doesn't move us to action and that doesn't get us anywhere in a spiritual growth in our relationship with the Lord if we continue to hear truth but don't apply truth to our lives and so we've just got to be open what is God doing what does he want me to do but we see a a tremendous example here in 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 Exodus uh, chapter 2 verses 6 through 10 of the Egyptian princess being moved by the power of care and compassion and where that would lead. Now, we get to the culmination here uh, in verse 10, which is awesome, when it says the child grew, and this is where I come back when, I, when my study of Scripture to believe this is the first recorded adoption in human history, is we see that she brought him to, uh, to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. He became her son. Now, when, we, when we, we move forward and we think about the results of, of all that happened here, we see the redemptive plan of God, right? Because obviously Moses' parents didn't know what was going to happen to this child, but God was going to take this baby boy, right? It was in a very vulnerable situation early in his life, and then this baby boy is going to grow up, right? And, and, and because he was given a chance at life, he became a man. And what did, what did, how did God use this man? I mean, we know the end of the story, right? This baby boy is going to grow up, and one day he's going to hold the Ten Commandments of God. This baby boy is going to grow up, become a man that's going to be up there at Mount Sinai in the burning bush experience, right there talking with God. This baby boy is going to grow up, become a man, and lead his people out of Egypt toward the promised land. This baby boy is going to grow up, become a man that's going to receive manna from heaven to take care of the multitude of his people. I mean, God used this man in a tremendous way. One of the greatest prophets uh, to ever live to represent our Lord. To represent our Lord, and so we see just uh, an awesome, uh, awesome opportunity as we think about our lives today. You never know right how God wants to use us and if we would just trust him be a people of faith and and make a difference in in children's lives the the need is so great today I mean social work is hard I'm involved in that I'm not a social worker I'm a pastor I'm pastoring this ministry and seeing what God is doing but uh, we need God's people rallying around this ministry see I think a lot of times our churches and I know you guys are on the front edge of this talking with some of the folks ahead of you know thinking about Love Life Charlotte tremendous movement right supporting pregnant resource centers on the on the front edge of, of of what they're dealing with with stopping abortion amen but where this ministry comes in complementing all that on the back side of that it's one thing to save a life it's another thing to save a soul okay and where we come in there are no guarantees for anybody right but when we can take a child that's on on this path a very vulnerable very difficult path of life and when a mom chooses adoption We take that child that was on this path, and then we place them in a place of stability with a two-parent, a two-parent mom and dad Christian home, 
they're, they're going to be exposed to the truth of the gospel at a young age, right? There's no guarantees, but hopefully because they've been exposed to the truth, they will come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and they will be in heaven one day because of this adoption that took place in our lives. We have an opportunity to be a part of that. Again, not, God's not called all of us to adopt, but because we, if we understand that we've been adopted and we want to get involved in a minimum prayer of what God's doing, because the evil one hates what God is doing through Christian adoption services. The spiritual warfare is at the highest level of spiritual warfare. Unseen did not even see this level in the churches that I was pastoring, to be honest with you. It is, it is up here. And to know that folks here at Eastside are praying for Christian adoption services and praying for our workers or they're out there on the front lines, dealing with all the things that are coming at them means so much to us. And so we deal with so many situations that would just blow your mind uh, from dysfunction from a 12 year old that might be pregnant to a lot of things that are happening out there in their world it's uh it's very challenging and so to be involved and to be praying would, would mean so much to us we've had 25 moms in the last five years 25 expectant moms to give their life to Christ. And so we're very focused on being salt and light to these moms. You know, we were singing the song, and it came up about the 99. You know, uh, we, we continue to share Christ with, with, we've had 25 give their life to Christ. Probably met with 1,000 moms during that time frame, though, okay? And so that weighs on me as pastoring this ministry, thinking about the, you know, 900 or so that uh, have not given their life to Christ or don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But here's the deal. Our job is to plant the seed, to be salt and light. And when we get to heaven, when all this is said and done, we're in heaven rejoicing. I believe we're going to see even more moms that we don't even know about because we were salt and light and shared the word. And someone came behind us and watered that, and they came to know Christ. That's the prayer side of what we're doing, and it's exciting. It really is. It's very rewarding. When you can see all that come together, and see a child placed in a two-parent Christian home, man, it, 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 it jazzes me up. I want to give you all a story real quick. It's kind of wrapping up and just to, to something kind of real time for you all to pray about. We we're, we're actually have four moms we're working with this week. We're expecting four babies to be placed with Christian Adoption Services really close uh, right here to the church. And uh, you all be praying for those situations. But I want to share a story with you as, as we kind of wrap up as we think about this power of adoption. Just to give you a little bit of uh, insight into who we are. And as we partner together and as you all think about our ministry You'll, you'll know a little bit more about us. Um, several months ago, about, let's see, now we're getting into my time frame. Summer's coming at us real quick, and I know the weather's weird outside, and Memorial Day weekend is like 60, you know, some degrees outside. But uh, last summer, late last summer, we had a baby born about an hour and a half from here, two hours. And this baby uh, uh, was born, and it was a little unusual. We normally get calls from hospitals where a baby's been born, mom chooses adoption, and we rush up there. This baby actually was two weeks old, okay? And it was a little baby boy, and the mom was waiting to make her choice on the adoption. And, she, and it was a little unusual because there were some tests being done, and so they were trying to figure out what was going on with the baby. And so there were three things that were going on with the baby. So we get this call two weeks again after the baby was born and says, Mom's chosen adoption. Does Christian Adoption Services have a family for this baby? All right, everybody with me? And so here, and they said, here are the three things going on with the baby. One, the baby has Down syndrome. 
okay? Two, the baby has a hole in its heart. And three, the baby has some lower extremity issues that were going to cause some reconstructive surgeries down the line. Once the mom heard all that, she was like, I, I, I choose adoption, okay? And so the worker called me on a weekend and said, hey, here's, we got this call. Here's what's happening. Here was her question. She said, do, do we want to take custody, Christian Adoption Services, take custody of this little baby boy? Well, I didn't have to pray about it. I mean, you know, I think they kind of knew the answer before they called, but they needed to make the call anyway. And I was like, absolutely, yes. And so she said, well, it's good. I was hoping you were going to say that. And while we were talking, I said, I already know the family that I believe is God's going to bring to take care of this child. I said, well, good. We need to call them. And again, why she asked the question was this. If we take custody of a child, just because we're great people and love Jesus doesn't mean we can bring babies from the hospital, you know, into our home because of the state laws in North and South Carolina. And so if we cannot find a family that's home study ready and ready to go, we have to place that baby in private foster care. And it's per day cost. And so where many agencies will say no because of the risk factor, if they can't find a placement, it's just, you know, adding up every day. And it's pretty expensive. We've had that happen. Uh, we're always going to say yes. And so what was cool is th the family that I thought about and identified as we were talking that night, and this is pretty cool, that night the phone call was made to the family. Now imagine getting that phone call. This is Pastor Kevin calling and said, hey, we've got a baby. Uh, would you like to adopt the baby and go to the hospital, you know, be there by tomorrow? You know, if you think about that, that that's not a typical call. And so at the most, at the highest elevated spiritual maturity we have, most of us are going to say, we'll pray about it and we'll get back to you the next day, right? Let's just be honest. That night, we sh so shared everything I just shared with you with all that was going on with the baby. The blessing of that conversation was the husband and wife were both on the phone. And their answer was, that's our son. That's our son right there, sight unseen. Let me show you the picture. You can see a picture. of. We had to put a little, because it's not finalized yet, you can't see his face. But they said, that's our son. And as I thought about that statement a few days later, it reminded me of how God looks at all of us. We're messed up people, right? We've got things going on with us. But God looks at us the same way and he says, that's your mind. He's mine. She's mine. They're mine. God looks at us the same way. What an encouragement that was. And let me tell you, the update, the baby's had three or four surgeries since then. He's doing wonderful. He's doing wonderful. And with a, with a Christian family, that God is going to bless him in the, in the days to come um, with his life. And so when you think about Christian adoption services, think about baby Z here. That's the ministry that you are praying for and working with. And we will, there could have been a number four, five, six, seven, what was going on wrong with the child. We're always going to say yes. We're always going to say yes because we believe every child, God was create. you know, we think about these children, they're creating the image of God. Every child deserves a home, but not just a home. We want them in a Christian home. And so praying for our ministry means so much. So as you think about all God is doing in your life um, and all the things that you're praying about and, you know, that are concerning Thank the Lord for Christian Adoption Service and pray for our ministry. Pray for our workers who are out there on the front lines. The evil one hates what we're doing, but we're seeing God do some amazing things, and all this is happening just a few miles down the road. And so we're so thankful for the opportunity to share a little bit about our ministry with you and pray that God will continue to bless our ministry as we continue to stand on God's word 
And because we've been adopted, we have the opportunity to make a difference in so many lives here and all around the world. Let me pray as we continue to worship. Father, thank you for this day. I thank you for the privilege of, of, of sharing here at this wonderful church. And I pray that you'll continue to bless us, remind us, Lord, of, of your love. And thank you for adopting us. And, and, and we pray that you'll continue to, to be with this ministry. It's been around for 42 years. But, Lord, I believe the best days are ahead of us as we continue to stand upon your word. And we share the love of God with all the folks, uh, whether it be expectant moms, parents that, that got your calling to adopt, or these children that are in very difficult situations like baby Moses was many years ago. Lord, thank you again for loving us and thank you for adopting us. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus, be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.